John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. have accessed entry 958.GE0702, certificate number the first time you've ever said the word Pokemon out loud. Is it Pokemon or Pokemon? Pokemon. You mix it has the accent yeah, has over the o- e. Like Beyonce. Or Grav, whichever it is. Yeah. Pokemon. Pokemon. That is an accent ague, I think. Accent ague. Uh, we say Pokemon in, in the United States. Yeah. Have you heard a Japanese person say Pokemon? I never have. It seems like a thing that might be some indication of how it's pronounced. But it seems like the E would be A for them, right? Like Pokemon. Their E sound would be an I as we as we romanize it. Yeah. Um I'm just I'm I'm not saying you said it wrong. I'm just saying you don't seem like a guy who has long conversations about Pokemon Go mm. with your aging rock star friends. I typically don't, but I do have conversations with uh Rastafarians about a raw fish dish from Hawaii. <laughs> That's, that's Pokemon. Yeah. I like it. I like it when you're making the dumb puns. It makes me seem funnier. Yeah. If that's the, if no, that's the we, bar. You to, don't need to be to made read. to seem funnier. <laughs> but you've seen people playing Pokemon Go, the gaming phenomenon of 2016. I have. Uh, I've had some kind of flabbergasting encounters, particularly back in 2016 when it was all the rage. Because you're someone who would see... An, an odd person staring at their phone in an odd place and would be like, hey, odd person, why are you staring at your phone in an odd place? Yes, I, I had several of those because, you know, I also like travel down alleys. I'm, I tend to be like out at is weird your, times. Is your career not where you wish it, where you wish it was, John? <laughs> no, are you kidding? That's why, didn't what, you, why didn't you call me? You don't have to be in alleys on a Saturday night. That's what like brooding rock musicians do. They walk down alleys with their sh- the jacket collar hunched up and they kick, cans and the steam comes out of the I've seen manhole the, I've covers. I've seen the album photos. Yeah, that's what we do, Ken. That's how we spend a Saturday. So those aren't photo shoots. Like no. That's just surveillance footage of, of Bob Dylan walking down Bleecker Street or yeah, whatever. We're not home playing Battleship with our loving families. We're out like, you know, throwing cigarettes into open manholes. But I have, so the first time I 
I had a Pokemon Go experience encounter, I guess. My first, my first, it sounds like a penthouse forum letter. <laughs> my Pokemon called me into the kitchen to ask me a question. I Turns thought, out. I thought these letters were made up. She asked me if I wanted to help frost her birthday cake. Um, I was downtown and I was walking in an alley and it was. <laughs> Let me just ask you a question. Yeah. What happens if you get to a dead end in the alley? Like what if you get to a, a cul-de-sac? So in Seattle, the only Alleys, the only dead end alleys are ones where construction has either blocked off the alley temporarily or down in Belltown, they've actually closed some alleys for some of those developments. I don't know how they get away with it. But otherwise the alleys run parallel to the streets for the length of downtown. For the length of downtown. And so. So you never have to worry about just your hands in your pockets, kicking a stone, all of a sudden there's a brick wall or a chain link fence. No, that that hardly ever happens. What you have to worry about is somebody that thinks they're like going to cut the traffic light or something by speed, by hauling ass around a corner into an alley car. And then you're like, bah, but no, most of the alleys are, and you know, alleys in Seattle have particularly in certain parts of town, like there's a culture of the alley, right? They're, they're. Talk to me about the culture of the alley. Well, is this some kind of like a subterranean Morlock street people that you join? Are, is there a barrel with a fire in it? No, that that hardly ever happens here because it's never that cold. Right. So you never have to wear fingerless gloves and stand around with a, with a cigar butt on a toothpick. Um, is there like a cat-like Ron Perlman, Byronic <laughs> character <laughs> pulling up his collar along with you? There are a lot of buildings in the, uh, the Belltown area that have basements where people are doing speed, speed, but also like those were the old band practice spaces. There's a, there's actually an iron forge really? uh, that is accessible only through the alley. A lot of these things you can get to. And it's not a gay bar the called the iron forge. It's actually an iron forge. <laughs> the gay bar is right next door. It's the, called, the it's smeltery. called, the, it's called the anvil. <laughs> Uh, but it's, uh, is it a, is it a, a functioning iron forge? Yeah. Yeah. Pe- people making, um, you know, blacksmithing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the horseshoes we need. Yeah. In, well, in, 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 in downtown Seattle, people want, the tech uh, capital people of the want world. wrought iron for, for their, uh, very expensive downtown sex dungeons and patio furniture, but in Seattle, mostly sex dungeons no, most, because the, the weather's not patio friendly. So I'm walking down one of these alleys, just kicking a can, you know? Tipping my hat to all the blacksmiths. Thinking your, your street poetry thoughts. And I look up ahead and there are some hard hats, you know, a bunch of construction guys, four of them, standing in the alley, all looking at their phones, but they're all standing, they're not standing in relationship to one another. There's four of them and they're together in a group, but one of them is, like they're at oblique angles to one another. One of them's looking this way, one of them's looking that way. Like they're, they're what makes it a strange scene. They are clearly in a reality that doesn't have the same social niceties. Or doesn't even have the same compass, yeah. right? Like they're all, they're standing, they're not at, at, uh, 45 degree angles to each other. It's not like they were in conversation and then all kind of took a moment to sort of spread apart and look at their phones. It's, it's no, no smoke break has ever had this. Has had this weird angle of orientation. And you are sensitive to the bad feng shui of construction workers. This was a weird thing to see down the alley. So of course, as I get closer, I'm like, I'm absolutely going to ask these dummies what's going on. Cause I wasn't, I had heard of Pokemon go at this point, but I had never, I didn't understand what, what I was looking at. And as I get closer, they're like, they're animated. And one Whoa, of them, they were animated. Like no, they, no, they, they were, they were real construction workers. <laughs> oh, they, this <laughs> is a twist. They took off their hats and they were actually Pokemon. I saw Pidgey and I saw Pikachu. 
Somehow, Pokemon had gotten to me in the middle of the night and put this implant into my head. Uh, so one of them is like, yeah, or so, you know, he does some big ejaculation, some yes. And I said, hey, what is going on? Like, what are you guys, what's up with, what are you doing? This is weird. You're behaving weirdly. You're in my alley. Like, what is this? And they turn and they're just stereotypical construction workers, big, hairy, muscular guys. And they're like, we're hunting Pokemons. <laughs> and I stopped and was like, seriously, what are you doing? And they're like, we're hunting Pokemons. Check it out. And they, like these four guys crowd around and they give me a tutorial. Not a tutorial, but they're like, check it out. And they're showing me that they're hunting Pokemons. And I was just blown away. They weren't 20. You know, they were middle-aged. You could see something societal was happening because of who it was. Yeah, they were iron workers. And I, and I expressed disbelief in the moment. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, what are you guys, what are, where is this coming from? And they're just like, oh, it's so fun. Were you stoked or were you like, what has happened to this country? I was super stoked because it felt like, first of all, they were having fun. And they were having fun doing a thing that just was completely out of left field to me. And I got it immediately. Like, you're hunting these little creatures that you can only see if you're interacting with the phone, with this app. And this was what they were doing on their lunch break. Instead of, and as far, as far as I know it was their lunch break, this might be a problem because they might have left some, they might be not finishing their work and the building then is unsafe to inhabit because they're up there hunting Pokemon. Someday that some girder is going to collapse <laughs> yeah. because of Snorlax. He didn't, he, the guy didn't finish his weld because he was hunting a Snorlax. Uh, but I walked away from it feeling very positive about the whole experience. Like, I get it. That's fun. And the fact that it's not just teenage kids, because this was early on, yeah. right? I had only just heard of it enough that I, that I understood what they meant. I was psyched. It, I think it uh, hit in the summer of 2016, July 2016. This would have been like late summer. For us, that's two years in the past. To, to our listeners, it's a, it's a distant time. But it seems kind of distant to us because uh, there's no longer the kind of furor there was in the summer of... If I say, if I say furor, does it count as a Hitler reference or not? No, no, but that did. Oh, shoot. I, I know, did it again. I know you were so close. No, furor. Instead of furor, I'm going to say frenzy to avoid this problem. The kind <laughs> not, of frenzy there not was. Fuhrer, not but furor. Not furor. <laughs> uh, you can tell the difference between when I say furor and when I say furor. Yeah. Right? I can. I'm, well, I'm just angrier. In that second where you said furor, your brow knit and the shadow of your microphone created a little Hitler mustache <laughs> just for a second, and it was terrifying. Is it foreshadowing? It was a little, it was like a Pokemon all of a sudden. It was like a Hitler Pokemon. I hope our here. listeners are not aware of some ironic level here where I do become some kind of awful dictator in a future unbeknownst to me. In the future, well, first of all, you do have Hitler hair. I do not have Hitler hair. Well, more than me. I'm a blonde. I have Hitler youth hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I'm, do. God, I'm way more Aryan than Hitler, and I'm yeah. tired of you not acknowledging <laughs> that. I'm the, I'm the scary kid singing Tomorrow Belongs to Me in a cabaret. I know. Hitler is embarrassingly fractionally Jewish. Embarrassing to him. He, he, he concealed it his whole life. Hitler is the most Semitic of the Hitlers to me. Right. Um, moving, so, moving right along. Speaking of Hitler, like we were in <laughs> Europe— uh, we had invaded Europe. <laughs> you and your family just the, recently invaded Europe. No, we were in Europe the summer Pokemon Go came out, and my son, of course, did not have access to his phone because I'm not giving, I'm not paying for international roaming for that kid. Here, here. And uh, we get back to the states, and suddenly everybody is 
Pokemon. We have, you know, America has Pokemon went. Pokemania. Pokemon gone. Yes. Pokemania. Pokemonia. Uh, <laughs> we're, <wrong. laughs> we're back to Penthouse Forum. <laughs> we can all smell Pokemonia. And we're in New York City for a couple of days and all he wants to do is go to spawning points for the rare Pokemon. Gross. And uh, <laughs> he just wants to go watch Pokemon. They don't have sex. They appear. When a Pokemon spawns, it just appears. Don't you wish that's how human reproduction worked? Hmm. I do. I don't know. None of the icky fluids. Well, what if the stork just dropped a baby? Uh, I, I'm feeling like this is a scene from Anti-Mame. <laughs> so that's all he wanted to do. We would, uh, you know, if Mindy and I had theater tickets, he would be like, can Katie and I just go to the park? And I guess I name my kids on the show now, apparently. Can, yeah. can Katie and I go to the park, Central Park, and just play Pokemon? And we'd be like, can our middle school kids go to the Central Park alone and look for Pokemon? Depends or, on what time of day. Right. Was it 11 <laughs> o'clock at night? It was 3 a.m. in the rambles. That's okay, <laughs> right? Uh, and we finally were like, I guess we're not those weird helicopter parents. So no. we were like, you guys know how to get back to the apartment. You need to be, you need to be headed home by 8 o'clock. It gets dark at 9. And they just loved the fact that they could just run free in Central Park looking for Pokemon. In your estimation, what is the age where a child can be let ro- let free to roam New York with their younger sibling? In my opinion, it is uh, 16, wait for it, months. <laughs> Nothing younger than that. Because of all the crawling and the broken glass. Yeah, know? sure. Well... And like, to me, it's, I'm not one of these parents who's like, they need to learn when they're six that they can walk all the way to, you know, mom's office at the bank, three miles away along a highway. Like, why, why are you mocking me? Are you, are you a, <laughs> for, what are they called? Free range parents? Are you a free range parent? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, I always have an eye on her. You look like a free range parent. You look like you're a, you know, marbled, juicy, marbled meat. Mm, mm. I taste a little gamey because <laughs> of the grass feed. <laughs> So they didn't die. Spoilers. Uh, we'd get back from the theater and they would be happily in bed, you know, with their nightcaps on and covers tucked up around their chins, dreaming of, uh, with their phones tucked under their necks yeah, or under their chins, dreaming, dreaming of Charizard and, <laughs> and Evie. And when we got back to the States, Dylan immediately found out which parts of Seattle was a big Pokemon town because I, of the high number of young tech workers. I remember. And construction workers. Right. And so he would know where the places were. And because I think of all the water, a lot of rare water type Pokemon spawned here. Because Pokemon Go, they are connected to geography somehow? Not usually. They have different types. So the Pokemon franchise, well, hold on. Here's the the story in Seattle, and then we'll jump back to a bigger picture for the future who does not know what we're talking about. It's entirely possible that futurelings are Pokemon, (laughs) that Pokemon became sentient. Or at some point, we decided to genetically modify ourselves to look like our favorite Pokemon, and that was it for the human race. I mean, I'm more of a, like a free range evolutionist and not like an interventionist evolutionist. I see. So I think if we tried to turn ourselves into Pokemon, something would go desperately, dastardly wrong. You have not tried to genetically engineer your daughter in any way. No, but I feel like it's more, I feel like futurelings, it's more of a Skynet problem, right? When Pokemon's become self-aware, we don't know the composition of futurelings. It could all be virtual. Futurelings could all be just in the cloud. They probably are. When we think of all the, as I said, the icky fluids that go with physical existence. If you could, if you could live there or in a memory bank, I would live in a memory bank. But they may not know it is the thing. Oh, we shouldn't tell them. Well, we don't know even if, even as we're saying this, whether they have the capacity to comprehend 
listen, it's probably fine. You're probably real. Yep. If you look around your environment and you see glitchy stuff, like the same car keeps going by six times a day. It's normal. It's probably fine. You're fine. I actually do try to genetically engineer my kids with, with a heavier hand, I think. You give them just green M&Ms for a month and see what happens? I'm not doing See it. if it turns them into Eddie Van Halen? I'm not doing experiments. <laughs> <laughs> now play the guitar. I'm not doing experiments on them. Oh. But I am kind of like, what's something cool that they will never get into if I don't make them do it? And I'll be like, I know. We're going to watch, uh, you know, the electric company on DVD here, here. I told my daughter to watch electric company last night. There's a, there's like a best of DVD set. Or I made, I made my son play Zork with me. These like text-based adventures from mm -hmm. the eighties, just cause I had fond memories. And so I've, I've done a pretty good job of raising like eighties kids. Did you, in did, 2010. did you sign them up for chess club? <laughs> because there's a chess club at my daughter's school that I just found out about. And I'm really, really ready to just sign her up for it. Not because she has expressed any interest. She, well, she, we sat down and I taught her to play chess and she had a natural, she got it right away and was oh, good at do it. chessing. But I think if I gave her the option, would you like to join the chess club or would you like to just play dress up? She would pick dress up every time. Chess or dress. Chess or dress. Say yes to the chess. But I feel Marlo. like, I feel like my, my job as a parent is to just say, oh, you're in chess club now. Sure. Kids will quit everything and my kids will never uh, rarely volunteer for anything. So you really just have to drop them into situations and see which ones they uh, take to. So in this case, we got back to Seattle and Dylan was very into we're going to where all the, the Pokemon appear. I'm not going to say spawn anymore if that gives you, if that makes you think of those dirty Pokemon websites you were looking at. <laughs> all the fan art <laughs> on, on my, on my Pinterest. With, with uh, my little ponies in there. Uh, and so he had heard that some rare Pokemon types that you, you're, cause you're, there's a collector's aspect to it. You're collecting these little fictional monsters, pocket monsters. And some of the rare kind appeared at Bellevue city park, uh, over across the lake in the burbs. So we drive over to Bellevue city park where he says that the, the Dragonites or the Dratinis or whatever are, are spawning today. Cause, and it really is kind of a delightful thing, like a hunterman or a fisherman, a hunterman. If, oh, it's, yeah. if it's Fisherman, it should be Hunterman. Yeah, that's definitely a word that we use. Uh, it's a little, it's a little sexist. That's why we stopped saying uh, it. That's why we say hun hunters, hun and hunters, person, <laughs> hunters person. And because uh, he will talk about where the good game is, basically. And he wanted to go to this park, and we get there, and there's this what used to be a grassy field has now become a muddy swamp because of these massive crowds of just it, it looks to be maybe a thousand people. Whoa orbiting around. And I'm like, Hey, uh, Dylan, there's some kind of a thing going on here today. You know, I'm trying to see what kind of a, a fair or expo or company picnic. Sure. Maybe we shouldn't hunt Pokemon on. here because they're having an event. We're getting in the way of the event and we get out of the car and every single person is staring at their phone. And are they also in weird orientations it's, to one it's another? It's weirder than this. They are traveling in weird currents and swirls and patterns like brownie in motion, like adding milk to a hot cup of tea or coffee. Mm -hmm. So you're watching this human gyre as it widens. And, uh, and it's almost like some computer simulation of, of, of motion or life where one particle will randomly do something and it will affect all the other particles. So like some swallows. Yeah. It would be like a mummeration of, of Pokemon goes. Wow. There's a callback to a year ago. Well done. Uh, like people would <laughs> like one of, and you'd hear some, somebody would be like, Snorlax, Snorlax, Snorlax. And immediately the whole thing would go whoosh, like a flock of starlings and would kind of 
now kind of spiral around. <clears throat> I, I need to be given a, a crash course here because I, the, the three, uh, all I know about it is what I learned from those construction workers. <laughs> if you've got a thousand that's, people. That's kind of like me and sex, by the way. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. yeah it's the same thing. Sure. But you just learned Four that guys, from, weird positions. from the guys in the, uh, in the Dire Straits video. <laughs> <laughs> we got to move Money for nothing. refrigerators. And no. they're like taking notes. Those construction workers use homophobic slurs and, oh, they, and they are not my role models. That's true. Sorry. Maybe at the time that was not even okay. Mark Knopfler and or Sting. Yeah. Well, now... Now, uh, as we know, that song should be removed from all playlists forever. We no shouldn't even be talking again. about it. Um, so you're in a field and you're hunting Snorlaxes. Snorlaxes? Snorlaxes. Snorli. Snorli. I don't even know Pokemon singulars, much less plurals. So. And someone calls out like a voice in the din, like a, like like a, a bell. Prophet. Yeah. Snorlax, Snorlax. Does that mean that within the within the reality of the game that there is a single Snorlax that is located in a single location and everyone needs to swarm to that point? Or are there Snorlax, um, you know, like, it rhymes with Lorelei. <laughs> that's right. Does the Snorlax speak for the trees? Is the Snorlax available to everyone in the field? Yes. Yeah, so these are questions I asked my son and I'm not a, I'm not an expert on the mechanics of the game, but it's a mobile multiplayer augmented reality game mm-hmm. and augmented reality is kind of the crux of it. It's, it's layered over our actual world in kind of a one-to-one geographic way. So when you look into your phone, you see the street where you are or whatever, but superimposed, you may see a, a Pokemon appear. And if it's, and if it's a valuable one, it will be available to more than one person. It's not just the first person who snaps it up. So everyone can, can join in. So the um, valuable ones are more available than the, than the normal ones? No, you, you'll see more of the dumb ones. And my son would be mad if it was, oh, just another Pidgey or I don't know, what's some water one that's super common in Seattle? Charmander or oh, Squirtle. When I see a Charmander, I'm so Squirtles, dismissive. Squirtles are a dime a dozen. They're, the, is, they're the Prius of the, of the Pokemon going world. These names are right out of Penthouse. I don't know why. We made that connection early on, but it just keeps coming back. I don't see how you could sexualize a name like Squirtle. <laughs> you're you're going to have to walk me through this. So let me ask you this. Or, let, j- or Jigglypuff. Oh, yeah, well, Jigglypuff. Or, how could that possibly be? That's actually an orientation. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you straight or what? I'm Jigglypuff. So uh, this was a new layer of Pokemoning fun that appeared in July 2016, this idea that the Pokemon hunting and competing battling world would be layered over our world in this kind of immersive way. But I was going to jump back and say that Pokemon as a franchise goes back further than that. Do you have, do you have specific questions before I jump back? Well, I want to jump back, but I also want to know, like if you hold up your phone and the Pokemon is in it, does it have proximity? Like is the, can you see a Pokemon that's 150 yards away and it's very small and then you have to go to it? Oh, I can't walk you through the interface. Um, but yes, you have to be sufficiently close to the Pokemon for it to appear. And that's why they're calling out to everybody in this field. Because the people on the other end of the park don't know that a good Pokemon uh, just appeared by the parking lot or by the playground. But this can cause a kind of like mass uh, endangerment if every if the thousand people are all running to the same location. Can it be a It endangers mob? the grass. Oh, yeah. It does not endanger um, the actual Pokemon. But we should talk about the environmental costs because that's that's actually a thing. Well, let's get to that, but I don't fully I have never fully understood what a Pokemon was in the first place. It was a card game, right? 
or was it always a video game? So it started out as a video game, a Game Boy video game. It, it dates back to 1995, the first Pokemon games are released. But the game was actually, I think, a first a glimmer in its inventor, Satoshi Tajiri's uh, Japanese eyes back in 1989. He loved collecting insects as a boy. This is a real rite of passage. Oh, look at this. In, did you ever collect, did you ever do a bug collection? I did one in sixth grade. No, but my mother won a prize at the Ohio State Fair in 1944. As our, as our listeners probably remember. For her insect collection. She'd done a whole display of different... Pinning them to the Yes, di- the different cardboard. shiny beetles and whatnot. And as a member of the 4-H, she won some, some ribbon at the Ohio State Fair. I had to do one for sixth grade, and I, I, bugs kind of squicked me out. Well, and Washington State doesn't have very many good bugs, or were you in Korea? At I was time? in South Korea, oh, so we so were getting full like, of bugs. Yeah, and maybe maybe influenced by whatever makes Japanese kids collect bugs, but like giant cicadas that spend all summer going and they're huge. Have you you seen them in the American South? Well, so I was in Washington D.C. during one of the cicada episodes, a seventeen-year cicada bloom, and so I saw. The cicadas. Don't I saw en masse cicadas. Don't say anything disparaging about their looks in case we are speaking to future people who have the H.R. Geiger look of a... Of, of a, a giant cicada. Of a giant cicada. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't find them ugly. It was just that I, they were definitely loud, but also they Deafening. were everywhere. You, you could not escape injuring them because you couldn't... Crunch. Yeah. Crunch. You couldn't You're like Indiana Jones with every step. <laughs> When I hear that noise, even if it's in like a, a, a Japanese movie or an anime, like if I hear that, I'm immediately taken back to my summers as a kid. Because they, they were, it was every summer. This was just a normal sound, like crickets in the in the Midwest. Yeah, there must be some species that does not have the 17 year cycle because we heard it every summer in Korea. Or alternately, there are 17 different species all on a 17 year cycle. Weird. And so it happens every year. Hard to say. No. <laughs> uh, and so this is a rite of passage in Japan, and he loved collecting bugs, and he thought these citified kids were doing less of this. And even when I was a kid, you know, uh, the place where I caught all my bugs in my sixth grade bug collection in Seoul, Korea, is now a, a giant 30-story hotel. Like, all the vacant lots are gone. So. I love the idea that in Asia, uh, old curmudgeons are like, kids don't collect enough bugs anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's so like, much like, better than our curmudgeons. Like that's their sexting or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're happy that the kids are doing like weird sex stuff online, but they're like, where are the crickets? <laughs> and there, I guess there is the tradition in Asia of having a, a, a lucky insect pet, right? Sure. Is that China or Japan that has the pet crickets? China? I don't know. But the culture, there's a lot of cross-pollination. Uh, well, yeah, literally. <laughs> between, between insects and flowers? <laughs> also culturally. When it comes to meat, quality makes a huge difference in texture and taste. And even though it might be better for you and the environment, a lot of the higher quality meat you find at the grocery store is just too expensive for most people's budget. Thankfully, there's ButcherBox. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves access to high-quality, humanely sourced meat at an affordable price. That's why each month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of the finest cuts right to your home. Choose from 100% grass-fed and finished 
beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar and nitrate-free bacon. No antibiotics, no added hormones, just meat the way meat should be. And right now, you can get two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon absolutely free, plus $20 off your first box when you visit butcherbox.com slash iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. But, uh, you know, so he created this idea that there'd be a a bunch of different little cute little monsters in an an adorable kind of anime style, each of which have different powers, but they are made to fight by their human trainers. Oh, it's like cockroach fighting. It's all in good. Yeah, it's like cockfighting. with (laughs) extra cockfighting, cockroach fighting. Um, So it's kind of disturbing when you think about it, but it turned into a TV show with a thousand episodes and a collectible card game, which really lends itself to, you know, which are the rare ones you, the Pokemons you really want to put into your battle and so forth. Which has now spawned an entire universe of card games with yep. fancy, I mean, I guess it's baseball cards by any other name, but. And we're, we're kind of at the birthplace of that here in the Northwest. My friend Richard Garfield invented Magic the Gathering, which kind of became the, a, a new mode of gaming whereby the game pieces themselves are collectible, which is not true of Monopoly. Everybody gets the hat. Everybody gets the terrier. Everybody gets, uh, I don't know, what did you want to be? The thimble? Uh, I like to be the car. Nobody wants to be the thimble. I was just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It turned into a $59 billion franchise. It is the largest media franchise on earth. Pokemon. This thing that you and I are vaguely aware of is uh, eight digits bigger than Star Wars or Harry Potter or Marvel superheroes, or any other mega phenomenon of our kind. It's huge. That's insane. Because uh, I guess it's global, right? People in Kazakhstan are, are playing Pokemon. Well, it's interesting. There is opposition in different parts of the world. Um, in American conservative circles, it's often... <laughs> oh, they're little demons. Yes, there's an occult issue because some of them have psychic powers. One right. of the types of Pokemon is psychic. And that's a real red flag to a, to a certain element of the culture. Right. Also, crucially, they can evolve. Oh, boo. Your, uh, your Charizard will evolve into a Charmander or vice versa. I can't remember. Boo. And the idea that animals can evolve, you know. Intelligent design. Commonplace to us, but, you know. This is literally a, a intelli- intelligent design because there are, you can, you can in- actually see the gods. An intelligent Japanese man dream, yeah. dreamed it all up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, they should love this. This is great. This is a perfect, like, uh, a perfect god origin story. God is Satoshi Tajiri. But you mentioned Kazakhstan and a lot of the uh, opposition to Pokemon has actually come from the Middle and Near East. There have been a series of fatwas issued by Islamic clerics. Again, because of a a cult aspect? Uh, Less that. It depends on the place. The first fatwa against Pokemon, very important for the future to know about this in case they are both Islamic and gamers. Right. Uh, 2001 in the United Arab Emirates because it was too close to gambling. Apparently. Oh, I see. Yeah. I guess, I don't know if people were actually putting money on it, but the mechanics of a collectible card game, I guess. I imagine that once value is attached to something, there becomes a a market for it immediately. In Turkey, they were banned because kids thought they, it's the old George Reeves thing. They thought they had the superpowers of their Pokemon and were jumping off balconies. I had this problem 
in the early 1980s. Who gave in the 1980s? Who gave you the idea you had superpowers? Was it was it Knight Rider and Kit? No, it was Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, I wasn't 100 percent sure that I had uh, powers, but I hoped. You thought I, Satan would protect you as you d- did your evil deeds. I don't know if there's any Satan in Dungeons and Dragons. No, there's demons. This is stuff that that that's you know, why that's why there's chick tracks about Dungeons and Dragons because sure. there's actual demons. There are some demons, but they're just like bugbears or uh, or green know, slimes or green slimes. They're not like. They are the devil. That's what the game wants you to think. The game wants you to be like, the devil's no big deal. He's just, he's just like a green slime. He's just like a... He's, he's like, like an a, ochre jelly. A big orc. He's a big gelatinous cube. Yeah. And then what, what God wants you to know is that no. No. No, the devil is not something to be taken lightly. No, the devil is in the details. <laughs> details magazine. <laughs> don't, don't look at those scantily clad women. So that's the, that was the issue in uh, Turkey. And in Saudi Arabia in 2016, a cleric issued another fatwa against Pokemon on the grounds that it's full of Zionist and uh, Christian and Shinto symbols. Well, that's clear. Sure. I mean, that's why I play Pokemon for the Zionism. Sure. (laughs) How do I support, how do I support my rabid belief in a growing Israeli homeland? That's right. I play old Pokemon games on my Game Boy. You put certain Pokemons into fenced enclosures where they don't have a viable economy and then you shoot them with water hoses. I believe the Pokemon should settle the West Bank aggressively. That's where we should put our extra Pokemon. Until, until the Pokemon reclaim the West Bank, there will never be peace on Earth. Apparently there are a lot of, st- we're just joking, of course, but apparently on this very fraught topic, the why, that, so the, sure. the why are we joking about? <laughs> but apparently there are a lot of stars, symbols that look like stars, crosses, Shinto uh, symbols, and it's funny to me that these like Saudi clerics are just like kind of Southern moms scouring the Southern PTA moms scouring their kids' possessions for anything that looks remotely satanic. I mean, as you know, part of the, I mean, a big thing that fuels being a conservative cleric is as that, I know, is that you have a new thing to be fearmongery about. The world is constantly producing new enemies that right. you are the first line of defense against. It really reinforces your sense of purpose. It really does. Because if you were to stop yelling about Harry Potter, or uh, I don't know what else. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why are all our examples between ten and thirty years old? Twenty, actually. Harry Potter is old. Uh, yeah. Then who? Then what are you for? Yeah. Um, you need to galvanize people around fear. And I think what's great about chemtrails is that chem- it doesn't take much, by the way, to get you start talking about it. Never go away. They're always a problem. They're always literally. They're not underfoot, but they're overhead. Yep. And. You for, never all forget. We, for all we know, futurelings are just sentient chemtrails. Why would they be? They're, Why wouldn't they be? I think they, they're the mutant life form that's been produced by whatever is in the chemtrails. You know, the they chem- worship chemtrails as their god. That's their origin story. At a certain point. They're like, point, if not for chemtrails, I would not be able to walk into a dark room and see stuff because I glow. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't have this cool pseudopod tentacle coming out of my forehead. If we change the, atmos- the composition of the atmosphere enough that chemtrails become stable, so they don't, they're always there. So they don't dissipate, you know, and they just sort of like take on, I mean, after they, after a chemtrail has been up there without dissipating for a millennia, it will, have, it would have seen a lot. It would have been in the sh- I love the idea that every chemtrail, every, you know, contrail that ever existed would still be overhead. Still up there, just like, and it would form kind of a matrix. It, the earth would look like a rubber band ball. <laughs> World's largest ball of twine, <laughs> earth. The, uh, I like the idea that you would be able to see which parts of the sky no plane has ever touched. Here's, here's my weird story as a kid. I would walk around my house thinking, is there any place in this room I've never stood? 
Like if I left a solid mass of Ken flesh behind me as I walked, which I don't, by the right, way, just, right. I, just to put your mind at ease. Tubular Ken. Tubular Ken walking behind me like a, like a trail in an LSD trip. Would there be parts of this room that were not Ken colored flesh? And so I would look for parts of my house where I'd never stick. Would I, you go stand? Would you go put your nose against the door frame and, and then run it along the wall? I would definitely like. Go and down I would, one inch and do And it I would again. think, hey, at the top of every door frame, there probably is a place where you see my hand rise out of the Ken flesh and tap the top of the door uh-huh. as I am wont to do. Uh-huh. Um, what a horrifying uh, image of like a room that is just a sea of Ken flesh. Of you, you flesh everywhere. But, but then there is a surface to it uh-huh. because it's at, as at about, high as you can reach. At about five foot, ten and a half. <laughs> and then occasionally there's hands sticking up where I had to change a light bulb or, you know, oh. if somebody said, who wants Rice Krispie treats? And I raised my hand. Um, How horrifying. I'm glad we don't have that in our house. No. Cause, Although. Because you're thinking of selling your house. Imagine if it had... If it had John Hare at, at six done. at six foot two or whatever, just everywhere a you giant want. like packed in cube of John flesh. Well, in some areas of the room would be denser with Ken flesh, it's, right? They, well, it depends. I mean, your the surface of your bed would maybe, be like maybe once. Maybe it's like um, uh, squeegeeing a windshield. Once you put Ken flesh in a spot, it's as, it's hundred percent Ken flesh. It's hundred percent full of Ken flesh. <laughs> you can still walk there, but you don't add new trails. No, I prefer to think that that in those places, like standing in front of the toilet, there's a huge, like <laughs> dense, like super dense uh, amount of Ken flesh there. The, you can tell the spot on the couch where I always sit. It's uh-huh. got a gravity well <laughs> sucking in light. Uh, speaking of which, another uh, objection to Pokemon that's made in in the West that's n- kind of secular is that it just makes kids sedentary. Of course, that right. it, this is the argument about computers and games of all kinds. Instead of being out interacting with nature, the kids are just looking at their card decks or their TV screens. They're getting seizures from that one episode that gives you seizures, well, or, let me, or let, maybe the nine hundred nine episodes that don't. Let me ask about the war fighting aspect of it because this Pokemon has always struck me as a as fairly virtuous compared to games that are all full of blood and guts is, but you're saying that Pokemon fight one another. There are battles, but it's, it's played lightly. You know, the idea is you're not a, you're, you're a trainer for your Pokemon. So there's not all, it's not you're battle like Burgess to the Meredith. That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's my objection to this game. It's turning children into Burgess Merediths. Ah, oh, come here, Rock. My God, you're ready, ain't you? That Apollo won't know what hit him. You're going to roll over him like a bulldozer. An Italian bulldozer. Uh, yeah, but what game doesn't turn all kids into little Burgess Merediths when you think about it? I asked my son last night at dinner. I was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the future about Pokemon Go and I know nothing about it. What is the appeal of this game that made hundreds of millions of people play this in a month? And he thought about it and he's like, well, cockfighting and dogfighting are illegal. And I was like, wait. What are you teaching your kids? <laughs> well, at least he knows they're illegal in my defense. <laughs> I was like, so your contention here is that there's some deeply wired in our brain is, a, is an urge to make our animals fight each other while we cheer or wager. Huh. And that's not being met by modern society. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, I think so. And I don't think that's actually the appeal. Um, Do you not? I mean, even even your bug collection began with little bugs that you fought against one another. Not maybe you, but... I didn't do that. I, I, I never burned ants with magnifying glasses either, John. I'm not a psychopath. Well, you just stood there and watched while other kids did it. Oh, I see. So now I'm like, <laughs> I'm some Weimar German. I was never a party member, but... Uh, I, you know, I think the appeal, a lot of it is... Honestly, today, a lot of the appeal is nostalgia. You know, all these guys I saw circling in Bellevue City Park were like not kids whose mom had dropped them off like my kid was. They were all 20-something Microsoft 
programmers who fondly remembered growing up and watching Pokemon, and now their childhood was back in 3D, and they loved it. It's a nostalgia phenomenon for a lot of people. So my second Pokemon experience was, I guess it was also late that summer. I was on Seattle's Capitol Hill, and it was evening, like 9 p.m. Were you near Cal Anderson? I was near Cal Anderson. That is where I had to take Dylan all the time, Um, not because it gets cruisy at that time of night, although whatever he's used to. But also because that's where rare Pokemon spawn. So I parked my car and I get out of the car and the park is full of people. And I'm like, it's a festival. What's happening? Like somebody's playing. And I, you know, I, I hustle over like, <laughs> what's the deal? Hey gang. And it's the same thing. A, like a thousand people all looking at their phones, but it's in the dark now. So, so their faces the are circles. kind of. Was it, it beautiful in a way? It was beautiful. It really was. And like, it was like a twilighty thing and, and all their phones kind of had this ethereal blue glow and they were what also made it beautiful was everyone was between the ages of 24 and 27 it seemed like and they were all like yeah affluent young people with macklemore haircuts and they were all it wasn't 100 percent male i bet nope it wasn't but everyone just seemed so they were all so content and it was oh what, what made it especially beautiful it was quiet all right it was a thousand people but it wasn't noisy. It was just kind of a low murmur of like buzz, buzz, buzz. It's one of those Edenic planets where Captain Kirk is like, no, I'm going to smash your game. You guys are going to learn about good and evil and <laughs> sex and whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, there's also the completism, I think, is a big part of the, of the appeal. There's the fear a, of missing out is a big part of the motivation. Sure, there's 800 and odd Pokemons, I think 802 species right now, many of which are very rare. So, you know, some of which are commonplace, some of which are rare. So there really is, you know, the, the tagline is, got to catch them all. And really people, that's a lifestyle. I, I, people, I've got to catch them all. Are there people who have caught them all? Oh, I assume so. Well, I mean, that seems like something that would be pretty rare because they, they're geographically segregated, right? You can't just find them all in your local parking lot. That's true. In fact, there is one that's Asia only, a collector's one, and there's one that's European only. I know this because my son badly wanted us to get roaming last time we were in Paris so he could get the French Pokemon, Mr. Mime. And did he? He did get the mime-themed Whoa. Pokemon. He was... Booyah, in your face, all his friends. We didn't get roaming, but we were sitting at a cafe that had Wi-Fi and one appeared near enough. We were in Tokyo once and he just charged, we came out of a museum and he just charged off because the, whatever the Asian Pokemon is had appeared nearby and he just ran off. And I was like, uh, I don't know this part of Tokyo or indeed any part of Tokyo. (laughs) Where did my 13 year old just go? And did he also catch the Asian one? I don't know. He never came back. We, that was wow. the last time we ever saw. Well, I mean, so there are advantages to this game, yeah, right? Exactly. It's, it's birth control. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a kind of culling. It's after the fact birth control. It's plan C, the uh-huh. plan C pill, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does, it does hit, it must hit something deep in our brains. And I don't know if it's, if it's cockfighting. I mean, maybe it's just all these kids want to have a staff. You know, you have, you have all these uh, creatures that will do your bidding. Maybe these kids just want to be small business owners and they want to have a hundred Pikachus working for them in the, in the, in the Pikachu mines. Yeah. It's gla- it's just gladiator fighting, right? I mean, everybody wants, it may not be that we want our pets to fight, but we do want, we do want to fight wars, but with proxies so that we're not actually hurt, but everybody wants to, there's a, a very strong motivation to fight battles. And these are our little warriors, the, I guess. That modern life is bred out of us. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, I mean, my version of it is just like, just like guitar solo competitions. 
I'm very ill-equipped for a warrior life. Like uh, last week I had to tell a woman to put her phone away in the theater Oh, and she wouldn't do it. You oh, know? And if she had just done it, I would have been like, all right, etiquette has been restored. Thank you know, you. we live in a society. But instead she was like, mind your business. Hmm. Cause I went, I'd, I'd made the mistake of going to Linwood. What theater was this? <laughs> I mean, was it a movie theater you mean? Yeah, or was, yeah, yeah. was it the Linwood Community Theater? <laughs> yeah, for, I wanted for to see arts. Godspell. <laughs> no, it was AMC 16, Mission uh-huh. Impossible Fallout. Mind your business, she said. Mind your business. And of course it was a, I was not enforcing, it's okay to enforce these societal rules as long as it's kind of a suburban white mom. And so that's what I was doing. I'm not one of these mean ladies breaking up a barbecue on YouTube. Right. And I was just shaking. Yes. I I was like, what? I went to get an usher, but like the adrenaline is pumping. Like I have, I have, I cannot cope with a warrior society. And yet. I'm ill-equipped. You are, I mean, you're famous for what is effectively intellectual war. Oh, where I you see. sit at the table and you're like, ha ha, I am faster on the trigger. And now I have the answer. Do you think Jeopardy has a table? Uh, isn't it based around a table? <laughs> I've never actually seen the show. Yeah, it's just guys playing Pictionary. You guys sit around a table, right? A big table, yeah, like a it, round table. It's in the back of a gaming store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I, my sense is that your fellow contestants are really combatants and that you defeat them and they go home in shame carrying their shields. I guess sports is our main outlet for that. Yeah. You know, because you really do kind of switch on some part of your brain that says, I'm going to win. I'm going to get in some zone and win. My dudes are going to win. But it's harmless. Yeah. But, and then there's the fantasy sports people, which is effectively this. That's Pokemon. Yeah, that's Pokemon. My dudes are going to beat up your dudes. There's a, so speaking of, you know, the sedentary screen focused angle of it, they did a study uh, in England a couple of years ago. And it's one of these studies that's certainly designed to elicit a certain response. Like, like when they ask people, what do you like better, Congress or mosquitoes? Uh, and everyone, uh, and it's like 60% of Americans hate Congress more than mosquitoes. Cause you know, the question was designed to. Yeah. Listen, I have experience with both things and you do not hate Congress more than mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are Way worse than Congress. I hope the future, you know, once the permafrost melts, I hope the future is not some buggy dystopia. You're afraid that uh, that our mosquito Everything listeners will be Alaska. are like, they're, they're on mosquito Facebook saying, I hate omnibus. No, they're I'm, racist against mosquitoes. No, I'm just picturing humans more or less like us, but maybe they're blue or whatever. But there's mosquitoes everywhere because the whole world is, is thawed Alaska at this oh, point. Oh, sure. Because of climate change. Um, anyway, the question they asked in this study was they asked the kids how many, how many um, actual species in their area they could name trees, bugs, mammals. And then they asked them how many Pokemon they could name. And of course, all these kids could name more Pokemon than actual, you know, species of Pokemon than actual I prefer it when you say Pokemon. In their bio. That's, that's absolutely the most Penthouse Forum thing Dear you've Dear Penthouse Forum, <laughs> Pokemon to the revenge. Uh, but Pokemon has become less sedentary. In 2016, uh, Niantic, this kind of augmented reality gaming company, layered Pokemon on top of their engine and it became an insane hit. In the first six months, people spent a hundred billion dollars just buying fake in-game stuff in the world of Pokemon Go. A hundred billion dollars. Billion with a B. I don't like it when people say billion with a B because I, I always already knew that they said billion with a B. I never, I never was like, wait, was that, was that a million with an M? Did you say pillion? Do you have a cold? Bajillion? <laughs> But yes, a hundred billion with a B. So this is just that weird in-game stuff where it's like, put a princess crown on your Pokemon for 99 cents and people fall for that stuff. Some of it's cosmetic. I think some of it actually does affect gameplay. There's a balance you want to hit where people can't just buy success in the game. 
but you do want them to spend money. So, um, so you got to kind of hedge your bets. A hundred billion. So there were real economic impacts and not just for Nintendo and Niantic. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah. Niantic. Ni- Ni- Niantic. Niantic. Uh, let's just, let's just say it doesn't matter. <laughs> if, if you are, if you, if you work for or currently own Niantic. No, they got acquired 1500 years in the past and changed their name to everyone right. listening here. So who cares? Right. It, it's now owned by Monsanto. But if you do listen, please send Bitcoin to Ken.Jennings at Gmail. And we will say your name right for a price. <laughs> this is our in-game, this in-game, is our in-game purchase. That's right. For 9,900 Bitcoin. So there were, but there were economic impact, there's economic impact elsewhere because real life places would be pokey gyms where you could, if it was one friendly to your team, train your, your little monsters. Oh, gi- in the I, art of combat. I thought pokey gym was like a, like, like a guy, like a <laughs> banjo player. <laughs> I'm pokey gym. <laughs> well. You mean Jim G-Y-M. Young feller. Yeah. Pokey gym, G-Y-M. Uh, a place where, again, if you're a Burgess Meredith type, you can train your little monsters or if another team owns the gym you can initiate re- actual Pokemon combat and try to take the gym back for your team. So this, this implies that when Pokemon first arrive on the scene, they're kind of pudgy and don't really, they're not fit. They don't know how to fight. And then there's like a training montage where they get all buff and they learn to do karate chops. They're hitting, Pikachu's hitting sides of beef, running through Siberia. Huh. Um, Lifting a log up the side of a mountain. Carl, Weather, Carl Weathers is calling him Stallion. Uh-huh. Mick is barking at him. But, but so if two Pokemon, if a Pokemon meets a Pokemon, Pokemon coming through the rock. If two Pokemon love each other very much. And they are both Pikachus. Pikachai. Pikachai. Pikachusies. Uh, are, do they have equal abilities? Or can one Pikachu be trained and gymified to be a hard, like a born-again hard Pikachu, whereas another Pikachu is just like a slovenly, has a milkshake for lunch every day Pikachu? I believe there are levels. I mean, I know it happens with... Um, Pika's chew. <laughs> I know it happens with the P- Pokemon evolution. Like a sufficiently good Pikachu will level up into Raichu. Um, but I believe there are levels within... From watching my son play, I believe there are levels within a species as well, just as there are within uh, our species. There's high achievers like you and me. Uh-huh. And then there's the lady um, who wouldn't turn off her phone during Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, and there's also Poke Stops, which are places where I think Pokemon eggs appear that can give you a hat, can hatch into a new Pokemon for you. Uh, you can acquire other kinds of in-game items and all these mapped onto real world places, some of which were licensed like Starbucks paid for a big licensing deal whereby all their stores would become, uh, Poke Gyms, I think. God, how do I get 0.01% of the income that all this garbage is generating? Exactly. That's all I want. Right? I mean, this is all just nothing, and yet it is making billions and billions of dollars for people that, like... And not for the baristas, it's annoying. No, for, no. Just for... All that money is for, going... For six people. To somebody at Niantic, and we don't even know who that person is, and they're living on a decommissioned aircraft carrier right now that they've painted the interior, like, gold leaf... We don't even know who they are, and it's because of this. They were like, somebody's idea was like, oh, let's get Starbucks to license as a Pokemon gym. It just it starts to just sound like like a, like word salad. But it's and yet somebody billions. yet some venture capital fund will throw tens of millions of dollars at this idea. Yeah, we create a company that facilitates uh, retailers looking to become Pokestops and Poke Gyms. <sighs> Uh, we do a lot of pokey gym consulting. These are people I went to college with that when I was in college with them, 
I was like, oh my God, that person is such a dingling. Like they're a business major. I don't feel like they are functionally literate. And now they're like flying from meeting to meeting in their own, in their own F-14. They have uh, all killed several prostitutes. Yep. They're, um, they're living, uh, they're living lives of like extraordinary decadence that I can only aspire to in my dreams. And yet it's because of this kind of just thing that doesn't even exist. It's so ephemeral that it's not even like I get monopoly, right? It's like, like it's fun for the whole well, there's family. Physical, there's physical hotels and houses there, you know, there's an iron forge in your perfect city that makes patio furniture yes. and apparently and sex, sex wings. Yeah. Um, but, but these people are just making an order of magnitude more for things that don't exist. You can't I, touch. The thing is I'm excited about VR. I think it's going to be amazing and not just the, not just the dumb version of it, which is like, you can take a virtual tour of Seattle, but like real VR experience. And, and I, I think that we will start to inhabit avatars of our own design such that those avatars become. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, like, Part of our experience, I will start to know you not just as some weird Aryan in a Pendleton <laughs> shirt, but I will start to think of you as Ken, the blue leopard with antelope uh, antlers that you think of yourself as. Because my avatar will have weird superpowers and yeah. better features and uh, weird uh, sexualities that don't exist yet. Super fun. But at the same time, I don't know, but that's the, it's the capitalism angle of it that terrifies me, right? You, th that, you think PBS should be running all this, basically? I mean, I just... I, or the like, National Park Service. If there were... If, uh, every time there's a um, an organic instance of somebody coming up with something fun like this and somehow populating the internet or our machines with it, I rejoice. But it immediately becomes tied to, like, not just profit, but but mega profit, and so, so the door, yeah. the doors keep closing, right? I couldn't just put an idea like this out there. It would just got, get gobbled up so fast. It becomes a smaller and smaller number of people who can actually, I guess what we need is just some insanely high tax bracket for, I don't know what you would call it. Like the, um, like a non-existence tax. Like anytime you invent something that doesn't actually exist, your tax bracket goes from 9% to 99%. I mean, I, we watch this with, with Angry Birds, right? That when Angry Birds was a massively popular game, their company went public and it had a valuation of a billion dollars. And it was like a billion dollars, a billion dollars. Like with it, a B. Like with a B. Was that with a B? Like Angry Birds didn't exist one day. And now, as far as any of us know, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> birds, birds were briefly angry. <laughs> but for, for all of human history, birds have been uh, apathetic, basically. Did, did you watch the movie? Did you go to see Angry Birds of the movie? I did not. I saw the trailer for it. It had a fart joke in it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like, all, like all those CG cartoon trailers. But very briefly, it was a, it was a multi-billion dollar industry around this, like, birds. They're balls that you are shooting with a slingshot, but they're birds. And, and I just, that I, was the big idea. It's not radio or, or the internet. It's what if birds, but also balls, what if we put bird faces on balls and it just felt like considering all the things that are very important to the world that are real and help people that are not worth a billion dollars. Like all the money that's not going to curing cancer because some VC fund is like, wait, they're birds, but they're balls. I love it. <laughs> and then takes a big snort of cocaine. Have you always wanted to learn to play an instrument? Maybe you've even tried at some point, but gave up because you felt lessons were too expensive or that you just didn't have the time. Thankfully, there's Musician. Musician is the fun, easy, and affordable way to learn guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, and even singing. 
Just download the app to your desktop, tablet, or phone and start playing. Musician gives you 24-7 access to a vast catalog of video lessons from professionally trained educators, as well as thousands of exercises and songs across dozens of music genres, all tailored to your goals. And with Musician's award-winning technology that listens to you play, you'll get real-time feedback on timing and accuracy so you can actually see yourself improving as you learn. Start your extended 14-day free trial of Musician's Premium Plus package at musician.com start that's unlimited access to thousands of lessons exercises and songs on as many instruments as you want for two whole weeks just go to musician.com slash start that's y-o-u-s-i-c-i-a-n dot com slash start and the, you know the idea is like yeah this is great i mean during lunch hour instead of reading the newspaper or talking to your coworkers or thinking about or like filling out forms for your child's school you're spending your lunch hour playing Angry Birds. Like I get it that it is – that its popularity is not – it's not unreal, right? That people are interacting with this thing. But the net contribution is zero. The net contribution to of like – What you have added to the universe. Yeah, to like – Somebody made $100 billion in app because a bunch of other people spent $100 billion in app. But there was zero – there was zero contribution to the world. No one is – That's if you assume that the Pokemon world – the augmented reality does not count as – planet earth and that's going to be going away soon you know once yeah. we all start spending time there right so i do want to talk about pokemon go as an angry birds type fad i mean are you aware of this latest but, thing the card game thing where there are now online like virtual cards which do not exist but it, they look like cards like trading cards and people are trading those cards for money big money what are they of star star wars i was about to say star trek uh Star Wars, there are Star Wars playing card, trading cards that look like 1970s trading cards. But no one's actually bothered to print them. But they're not real. They're just in your phone. And you can get packs and search through the packs to find the rare ones. It's like mining Bitcoin, but you're, you're trying to get salacious crumb. Yeah, and it costs money and they're worth money. You can trade these virtual cards and it's the same, you get into the same frenzy. But it's like, it's not a new thing. It's not this like is even you just saying over and over. This doesn't. Ex you don't get it. This doesn't exist. But what but about? I mean, it's not even a ball with a bird face on it. It's actually like a. It's actually a representation of a thing that exists. A thing that could be made very cheaply. By the way, you could still go to Kinkos and make these. But people are like, no. Nah, now they're on a phone, and the rare one costs seventeen hundred bucks. Like that's the crazy thing to me. Like if it was, if they had invented a new concept where it was like, right. this is now. It's a. Because like, in real life, you cannot turn a bird into a ball and right. throw it at a toad or a pickle or however that game works. <laughs> what are you throwing them at again? A toad and a pickle. Probably. That's exactly how the game is designed. You're sitting around a table. And you have and a... you're you, throwing birds at a... You have, a, you have an angry bird. You have a bird that's he's, a ball. He's, he's angry. Pissed. He's really pissed. And he you voted for a toad. toad. Yeah. But there are... So there were some real world externalities of Pokemon Go that actually affected actual brick and mortar businesses. And I, I thought you said Rick and Morty for a second. And I was like, what? It affected actual did, Rick and Morty fans. How did this happen? Luckily, there's no overlap between Rick and Morty fans and Pokemon Go fans. Zero. So they're not, it's not going to come up again. There, well, there were safety issues. For one thing, I saw driving on the freeway here, I saw um, don't Pokemon and drive signs on those overhead things that usually say, you know, road construction ahead or extra DUI sweeps tonight. You're kidding. They me. were putting up don't Pokemon, the Department of Transportation had to put up don't Pokemon and drive signs. And it was getting so unsafe that people like Lyft actually would start organizing special Pokemon only tours of the hotspots. There would be party buses where you could go from 
spawning place to gym, you know, with drinks. See, these are, these are examples of people in the real world trying to find a way to profit from this that I really approve of. Like party bus goes to Pokemon stop. Like the guy that owns the party bus. Now it's the, a Pokebus. The weird old airport bus that he bought and spray painted black <laughs> and filled with Christmas lights. And he's like, party bus. He's like, I got it. I got it. And, but there was some downside too. Uh, are you familiar with the uh, Center for Wooden Boats of here course. in Seattle on the shores of Lake Union? One like, of the great places. You probably couldn't tell by the name, but this is a place where people go mostly to build and sail wooden boats. And work on and learn about wooden boats. The whole culture of it's supporting and promoting wooden boats in all their forms. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this became a place where a super, I think a, a Dratini or a, a Dragonite, a, a very rare Pokemon would appear because it's on the shores of the lake. Seattle has a lot of shore, so we get a lot of these water types, I guess. Is, but, dra- is Dragonite maybe a water? I don't know. But the problem with Lake Union is that although it is surrounded by beautiful little harbors and houseboats and boat working shops. Tom Hanks's houseboat? There's not a ton of public access points to the lake. This is one of the few parks on the lake. But But Center for Wooden Boats is also a cul-de-sac. If you get down on the dock, there's no way out. It's a kind of a labyrinth. No way out except the way you came in. So in the first week of Pokemon Go, the Center for Wooden Boats starts freaking out and they start posting. I saw saw these posts on the internet like, hey, I volunteer at the Center for Wooden Boats and we are now swarmed by something called Pokemon Go. People just show up trying to get Pokemons, I guess. And they're not interested in our our boat, our wooden boats. (laughs) And and to be fair, these people were being awful. Like a lot of the complaints were they're just sitting in the boats. They come at night when we're closed and it's going to be an insurance problem. Like we might have to hire a watchman just to kick out video game kids. They're unplugging our power tools, which we use to make our wooden boats. And Mm -hmm. they're just to charge their phones. These people sound like me. You're unplugging my power tools to get your Pokemons. Get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's not irrational. You do not want people unplugging your stuff because their phone is almost dead and they're going to miss out on the Dratini. That's no, dumb. I do not want, well, I was about to say I don't want someone to drown chasing a Pokemon and increase I, my I, insurance. I kind of do want that if it doesn't increase thing, my insurance. Right? If, they're, if there's just like, oh, this is, I mean, that, well, here's the weird thing. If you were a serial killer, could you contract yourself as a Pokemon gym somewhere in the forest? It's like the equivalent of like giving kids candy. Yeah. And just be out there and like, hey, special Pokemon's out here. Hey, kids. And then like 24-year-old tech workers come running out there. They're not even looking where they're going because they're looking at their phone and they fall into your tiger trap. The Pokemon Goes were, um, the Poke Gyms and Pokestops were all set centrally. Oh. And there was an interesting Earl Rubin, Earl Rubin thing. You know, the difference between Earl life and Rubin life. Uh, there was a rural Earl, Earl Rubin. <laughs> yeah, because guys in the country are named Earl, right? And guys in the city are all named uh, Rubin. We're coming up with some great banjo player names in this episode. <laughs> Earl Rubin uh, tonight <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the Grand Ole Opry. So th- those would all be set centrally, and of course there'd be more if you lived in a city. So it's it's yet another way in which kind of rural people were being disenfranchised. Um, but there were safety issues, even rural jurors. There's a, a study called a study called Death by Pokemon. Go found two deaths that it could blame on the game. Yeah, um, that, that seems like collateral damage that's, I think, is probably worth it. Just in the first th- five months of the game in the U.S., $7.3 billion in costs. I don't know how that's Ruined calculated. Parks. Oh, I guess number of, number of um, 73% of that cost is lives lost in car accidents. The authors believed that 256 car accident fatalities were caused by Pokemon Go in the first 
five months because you because you could see a big increase on year to, you could year to year see a uh, an increase from thirty a five percent increase thirty five thousand to thirty seven thousand in the number of U.S. car accident deaths Whoa. over that time frame um, and uh, that's less funny yeah uh, I, I don't have a joke here because no. that's for real like that's augmented reality maybe was dovetailing with the real world in unexpected ways and you see this with um. You know, there's environmental impacts like in geocaching, which is kind of a similar thing, but there's little treasures hidden in the woods and you, all you have is a latitude and a longitude. Inevitably what happened, National Park Service banned it because inevitably trails will form to the thing. You know, even if there's just, you know, a few hundred people visiting your geocache, you know, maybe there's a few dozen a year visiting your geocache, trails will form and there's environmental impact. Um, the National Park Service banned it. Banned the hiding of geocaches. I think lately there's been some wiggle room where they want to accommodate because they're desperate for people and this is a way to drag. Come to the parks. If you're under 60, we need you. All we have is 66-year-old white men and their sad wives. National parks are now partnering with Pokemon Go. <laughs> Um, but you know, Scarecrow Video, our kind of beloved local movie institution here in town was also a pokey stop and they were more canny than the center for wooden boats. They, when they saw the crowds of people who were not interested in video rentals, they were like, look, Nosferatu on sale. <laughs> right. Do you like German <laughs> expressionist film? <laughs> they put up a, uh, their big, uh, sandwich board out front said, uh, welcome Pokemon players come in. We have 186 Pokemon videos and 130,000 other movies. Wow. Which is, you Good know. job, Scarecrow Video. And eventually the Center for Wooden Boats did the same thing. You know, they, they were like, welcome Pokemoners, please don't use the outlets. <laughs> welcome Pokemoners, <laughs> learn to make a canoe. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Like, stay for, come for the, the Snorlax, stay for the boats. Um, and it really was like the National Park Service, like, please, you know, uh, be interested in our thing too. Like, right. how can we, how can we find a silver lining? How here? do we find a silver lining? Is there a way for us to put Pokemon really prominently somehow in, in our show notes or in our show description? Omnibus, the podcast that had an episode about Pokemon. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we could give away valuable Pokemon tips. You know, we could, huh? intellectual property, people will pay for that. Right. Except clearly you and I know nothing about the game, so it would be tricky. Yeah. Um, there was a fitness impact. Some guys at Microsoft wanted to know if, if kids were getting out more, you know, because the criticism of these games is often that they're sedentary. So this would be a mom's dream. You know, think how many Nintendo Wiis sold because moms thought, Oh, they'll dance. My kid will be standing up dancing or bowling, you know, right. <laughs> like the fitness dream. My kid will bowl more. <laughs> and uh, they didn't have access to these. These are Microsoft. It's a, you know, corporate sure. rival. They didn't have access to, to Pokemon data, but they did have people wearing Microsoft band, which is apparently whatever Microsoft's fitness thing is. Oh my God. Uh, they're, it, it's, they're, they never stop, do they? And they have access to Microsoft Bing search results. The right. future will not know that in our time, uh, internet search was dominated by Microsoft Bing, yeah. a giant in the field. Well, they will know that because Microsoft Bing will survive. They they, will what they the won't only. know, they'll never have heard of Google. What's Google? You used to use it as a verb? Google. I can't strange. be mean to Bing. You know, what, you know what Bing did to me? This is the world's, it's not even a humble brag. Bing sent me to the Super Bowl. Did they really? Yeah. I was like. For no good reason or just to have your name associated with them? Dan Savage and I were at, had been invited by uh, Luke Burbank to a, Seahawks game and we were kind of tweet flirting back and forth. We were sitting next to each other yeah. at the game. And of course, Dan is like, 
I know nothing about football. I'm gay. You know, he's doing this routine. Yeah, like, that's his favorite. why do the referees keep throwing these yellow hankies, you know? <laughs> and Microsoft was delighted by this because they were the ones who had gotten Luke to host the event in their box. Right. And they were like, Wee, you should go to the Super Bowl. The Ken. two of you? I think Dan turned them down. Dan had a thing. And so I went with my son. It could have been me and Dan's It was just that I had to go with my son. Uh, were you text flirting with him? Uh, he was like, no, I, I don't even why know are these Pokemons the wearing helmets? <laughs> so me and my son got to see the, you know, the Seahawks win their only Super Bowl wow, in, cool. in New Jersey that they just flew us out at the last minute. And they, you know, and I was going to text about, you know, I was going to tweet about how much I loved Microsoft Bing and my phone died like halfway through the tailgate wah, party. Wah. And so I, to this day, I feel like if Bing didn't catch on, it's because I took their free Super Bowl tickets. You, you should have unplugged their Super Bowl power tools and plugged your phone in. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they have access to Microsoft Bing search results. So they can look at people who are searching for Pokemon. Sh uh, we don't swear on the show. We could search for people, they could search for people who are... <laughs> who are searching for Pokemon stuff and find out how many steps they're taking. And then they can look for people who are not searching for Pokemon stuff and find out how many steps they are taking. Whoa. And of the, uh, the people they surveyed were taking 1,473 more steps per day if they were also searching for Pokemon Go stuff on Bing. But that is a fairly small increase in number of steps. 1,000 steps is are like... Are you kidding? These are like people who search on Bing. Like this probably tripled their, their daily number of stuff. Here's the thing. It's a, that's a 25% increase. Um, oh. mm -hmm. and that can make a big fitness difference. You know, if you're 25% more active for the U S if, if those numbers hold, that would be 144 billion extra steps every month during the Pokemon go. Is that how launch. we measure fitness? How many steps all of America take? Yeah. That's how you can tell. Uh-huh. You just kind of look at America we, do, we got a billion more steps, everybody. Think about, <laughs> think about your little, how much your Fitbit would buzz. There's a big thing in front of the Smithsonian where the numbers roll over <laughs> every time Americans take a step. Right there in, in uh, Times Square. Yeah, like that crazy guy that put up the deficit clock on, yeah. uh, on uh, down in Chelsea uh, or wherever that was. It was like Union Square, right? The deficit clock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. But so the initial, the bloom eventually came off the Pokemon Go ride. It's, it's telling that most of your stories are in 2016. I have, yes. I have recently seen a few people walking around my neighborhood or in a park, kind of looking at their phone in a telltale way. Even in that, and even I was in like, a two year period, the number of people who are just standing, uh, akimbo to one another, staring at their phones increased exponentially. <laughs> so now it just like, that's the new normal. I, I wouldn't be able to distinguish them from Pokemon. Everyone players. is either doing Pokemon go or something dumb isomorphic to it. Some other dumb thing. Um, but you know, I'll ask if, if it looks, if it looks like if it's a little group, you know, if it's some kind of telltale two geeky guys and a geek girl, they both like, I'll be like Pokemon go. And they'll be like, yeah, you know, they're happy to be, <laughs> uh -huh. to be recognized, but there's a sense that it's less culturally dominant, right? It feels like a, a hula hoop kind of thing that lasted a couple months and went away, right? Is that how you think of it? It is. But are you saying that, are you implying that it is persistent? You're waiting for the, and here's the thing. Yeah, I was moment. waiting for the turns out. <laughs> so every day for the, so there has been a big decline, you know, like um, there's a attrition curve in any phenomenon in any video game. And obviously, you know, their numbers are down. But there are still, this summer there were days when uh, Pokemon Go was the top grossing app in the Google iOS store. Um, every day for the past two years, it has been a top 100 game every single day, as far as number of new downloads. 
Whoa. So it's really more like a, like a dark side of the moon thing where, or the kill, what's the, the killer song that's is Mr. Brightside been on the charts in England for the last six years or something. Has it really? It's one of these things where the same movie just plays forever. And everyone's like, why is the greatest showman still playing, you right. know, or why is dark side of the moon still on the charts? Like it becomes, it's become an evergreen. It's evergreen. Right. And uh, Nantic's very happy with it. They say that they get more women and more older people than download most games. Um, they believe that it's the attrition curve has actually been shallower than a lot of games. They say that because it takes place in the real world, it's stickier. You know, you don't get the thing where, you know, eventually you tune out because the game was in its own kind of private space. And once you stopped thinking about words with friends or candy crush, like that part of your mind turned off, like because it took place essentially in an augmented version of our world, um, people still have to deal with our world and it reminds them, Oh, are there Pokemons here? So this is a question I guess I have for you, for the world, which is that when VR becomes, or AR, augmented reality, becomes a thing that is now a new reality, right? Where, where even though I will be an old person very soon, I'm looking at it now in terms of hours uh, before I become an old how many, um, how many hours is it, by the way? I have some, like number of, some, num some number of hundreds of hours. You know, I'm already getting mail offering me vacation opportunities. I got, uh, I think I've said on the show, my dad is also named Ken Jennings, and you're of the opinion that I should be junior now, but whatever. I think so. Uh, when he turned 49 or 55 or whatever, I started getting mail from the AARP because we have the same name. So I've been getting letters from the AARP since I was in my late 20s <laughs> or early 30s, which is no fun. no. Well, imagine when, you know, I, I'm still in the demographic that seems like a cool demographic, like, oh, people, you know, 39 to 52 are like the cool, it's, not, that, it's never that. Does that second number keep going up? <laughs> I think it's 45 to 55 or whatever, but that is that, there's going to be that moment where it's just like, oh, you're now in the demographic of people that buy PT cruisers. You're irrelevant. We do not care if you're watching the show. In fact, we would prefer you don't. But my, my, my sense is that when I because I'm an early adopter, a medium early adopter, when I put on a uh, augmented reality headset for the first time, that world is going to be full of Pokemons already because the people that love Pokemons will be in their 30s. They've known Pokemons their whole life. So I'll be out in a coffee shop like, can I get a coffee? And somebody will come up next to me and it'll be a Pokemon and it will be a reference I won't get. You the know? virtual. You're right. The virtual world will be dominated by you know, whoever dominates tech now. Yeah. So like young, predominantly young, predominantly male, predominantly affluent, predominantly somewhere on the spectrum, that's who's going to run the world. Like I'm going to put that helmet on and go into a Starbucks and be like, where are the members of Aerosmith? And it's just going to be like, I, I, I'm a blue dragon. Like we're all worried about what happens if Zuckerberg actually runs for president, but it won't matter. There will be some world where people like that are the planet. Right. Moot from 4chan will be standing there wearing a, <laughs> wearing like a, the robes of King Neptune and I'll, I'll, I won't understand any of it. And that concludes Pokemon Go. Entry 958.geo702. Certificate number 41843 in the Omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event that social media still exists in your era, which we're now starting to sense is not unlikely, it seems like... Yeah, I mean, if Pokemon Go seemed like it died, but actually it was just the media frenzy that died, and its popularity remains unabated, 
then I mean, certainly faddish things like Twitter and Instagram are just going to live forever. I feel like the if, long tail. if Twitter, I mean, Twitter could go away and Pokemon could survive quite easily. Like Pokemon is closer in a way to the social media I imagine we'll have in the future than Twitter. Nobody's going to care what your dumb thought is. If you are like, it'll just all be interaction based. Yeah, it's just going to be like, like, like blue flames, blue dragons all over, and you're chasing them and hugging them and sharing them and fighting them, and it's way more interactive and it's less just uh, screaming into the void. So, in the very likely event that social media has been transformed into blood sport, <laughs> into gladiatorial <laughs> augmented reality in your era, actually, I would like it if people on the wrong people on social media kept dying. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? But like today, they... today we all gang up on people on Twitter, but then we just forget and gang up on somebody else tomorrow. In this case, it would be like Lord of the Flies and we would actually murder their avatar. Well, and then they would respawn, but they'd be back down with a they'd have, a they'd four have charisma. zero points and yeah. nobody would listen to them. Right, they'd have to build back up. Well, it could, it could be worse. Um, if your avatars in the future are capable of retroactively reading our, what would seem to you to be one-dimensional uh, posts from if, the past. If you're a time traveling type Pokemon, you can uh, check out our f- former feeds at, at Ken Jennings, at John Roderick and at Omnibus Project. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, which used to be fun. It's starting to be fun again now that I'm unfollowing people that are just posting pictures of their tweets. That's the secret. I cannot, you cannot bring your awful Twitter into my fun Instagram, you demons. This is how I feel when I'm on fun Twitter and you bring in your awful Instagram yeah, links. I know. I'm like, I'm not clicking on that. It's going to open a different app. And mm-hmm. at the end, what am I, what am I going to see? That you just found a, a cool Letterman's jacket at the thrift store? Yeah, that's right. That's not worth opening a new app for. I'm afraid it is. What, <laughs> what, what, like, what the hell is going on over there that's so much more fun? Are you what, chasing Rob Delaney around his, uh, his meat space? <laughs> I just like not having the app open. That's a kind of pleasure to me that is not matched by uh by your new belt when when john hodgman first started using tumblr he did that you know he had a million twitter followers and zero tumblr followers so even though he was like i'm done with twitter i'm all about tumblr now he had to cross pollinate yeah send his tumblr over to twitter because he couldn't you know he didn't actually want to start again he could respawn with with four charisma (laughs) and i used to get so frustrated i don't want to go to your stupid tumblr and his response was stop telling me how to internet (laughs) and so you know i'm a pc (laughs) but now i'm in that same boat like check out my instagram feed but hi twitter friends (laughs) oh i hate it everything is so sorry everything is so lame Corinthian is going to bleep what you just said. Bleep out my swears. No one will even know. They'll just be like, what is a synonym for lame that he could have just said? Yeah, this is a clean show. For the for the Pokemon Go playing family, hop in the Outback, Subaru Outback. Beep, beep. Drive off to a Pokemon gym and listen to us on the way. Vroom, vroom. Uh, I would like to direct your attention to our email, which is omnibusproject at howstuffworks.com. Please do email us. We enjoy hearing from you. Also, if you use the Facebook app, if you are one of those uh, demon spawn, go to our Futurelings fan page, where it's like one of the safe places of the internet. It's like a... It's a Poke Gym. Everyone like has a, a cute little avatar. All the fighting is only in play. That's right. It's, it's, it's the Rivendell of, the, of Facebook. <laughs> we also have a physical address, don't we? Oh, that's right. Well, send mail to us in the form of... Tailored suits to me, 44 long with 38-inch waist. And when you say suits, you want a Pokemon fursuit, right? I would like uh, I would like only like linen suits and cotton suits in like unusual colors, pinks and pastels. No. Send John a fursona suit so he can 
continue to dress as Charizard while we do the show. This one's getting kind of smelly. Our address is P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155. Listeners, from our vantage point in your distant past, in real meat space, not in your virtual world, we have no idea how long our civilization will survive. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. Uh, We certainly hope it's not some kind of neutron pulse, some EMP pulse that actually wipes out your virtual world as well. That would be worse. Mm. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word to you. We hope that's not the case. We hope that Providence will allow. We hope that the the pokey gods, Satoshi Tajiri, will uh, allow us to be back with you soon for another entry. Oh, pokey gods. Thank you, pokey gods. You stepped on the outro line. Sorry. My bad. Go ahead. (coughs) (coughs) If If you're ready. I'm ready. Go ahead. For another entry in the Omnibus. Omnibus.